This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, yeah, you know, what, what a season we're in, right? It, it, it feels, frankly, for me, like just a little crazy. And, and knowing that, that we're going to be going through a hard season here, despite Christmas, it's going to be a hard season, I, I think there's, there's a way where we need to be honest about that. Honest about, that's the, that's the prophetic voice, honest about what is, as well as maintaining hope at the same time. And those two things may seem opposites. They're really not. I mean, even just a, got a flurry of emails there. And my goodness, like just looking at what you folks are sending in, it just, it just makes me a little teary. Because it's, it's so beautiful to see what people have in the way of gratitude in their life, what they're most thankful for. I had a great conversation after church last week with a dear friend, Jack. We were texting back and forth. And he's, he's down with his wonderful wife down in Virginia. We're texting back and forth. And it's, it's like really the conversation is pivoting around this idea of how decentered this time feels for many of us. I want to say that again. How decentered this time feels for many of us. And, and any time we feel decentered, there's obviously like an angst with that. There's a challenge with that. I mean, even this morning, I was on a, listening to a little blog and, and the author was saying there's an intuit word, in other words, an Eskimo word for, for this idea of sitting in darkness waiting for a good idea. That, that's pretty good. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, we're kind of sitting in a, in a, in a darker time and we're, we're waiting for good ideas. I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. We can make that decision to be something different. We can make that decision to find that center again. We can make that decision. It's not about waiting for someone else to do it. It's about us deciding to do it. I think, again, just just looking at our little congregation, our little small new church life here, and just watching people and people reaching out, trying to find that center. And, and I believe it's something that you're not going to hear me tell you or, or anything like that. I, I think it's something that we actually rediscover and literally recreate together, where we remember. In other words, we, we bring the pieces back together. We can do that. We can do that. And that's sort of the, the timber of coming into today's service is looking, okay, so with, with living gratefully, like if we're going to live with a great deal of gratitude in our lives, how, how do we, we enable that gratitude to not just be nostalgia, but to actually be a practice, to actually become a discipline? And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at that discipline of it by looking at, at this word, the word affiliation. Now, again, when, when I say the word affiliation, I'm sure there's many images. Like, what affiliation are you? I'm sure there's, there's a bunch of things that come up. You know, in this particular season, this New Yorker cartoon brought a little smile to my face. It's a New Yorker cartoon. It's a couple watching the weather, and the newsman says, that was Brad with the Democratic weather. Now here's Tammy with the Republican weather. I thought that was pretty good. Isn't that good? <laughs> you know, the weather's the weather, yet we still feel like we got to argue on both sides of it. So, so I feel like 
we're, we're moving towards something different. One song. That's what we're going to close on, actually. You know, this idea of one song. And, and this idea of something very different, you know. This is where we are with affiliation. I think this is where we want to be with affiliation. You know, something that looks like this. Something that looks like this. Like, that's the affiliation we're striving for. You know, it's, it's beautiful looking. I don't pretend to understand how music works. I appreciate it. I, I was much more, at a younger age, much more into uh, you know, sports and all that stuff. And I wish I knew more about music. But, but just even watching from the outside, watching how music works, it's always amazing to me. A different kind of affiliation. In the Christian New Church perspective, music's a big deal. Because it's not just music as like, here's this cool song you will like. Sorry, Casey Kasem, for those who remember that, that name. But it's, but it's much richer. It's actually, an, a, a, we see music as a spiritual expression. Here's a beautiful quote. This is talking about sort of choirs in heaven allow themselves to be led by one another, individually and collectively, and therefore led by the Lord. That idea that with, with, when we understand this, this affiliation, like this affiliation, it's, it's where everybody allows themselves the grace to be able to change, be changed by the other, to allow others to lead, and for others to allow them to lead, and it all kinds of, all kind of comes together with music. It's like when you watch these wonderful musicians we have, it's hard to know who the lead is, per se. Because it all kind of blends. What's your affiliation? It's that. What's your affiliation? It's that. It's the genius of a choir. It's the genius of an orchestra. Now, when we were in sermon writing team, uh, many of you know, you know, we have a team that actually writes all the intelligent thoughts that I get to share. And somebody said, Chuck, make sure you look up where the word affiliate comes from. And this was, this was a beautiful, beautiful definition. It's from the Latin, affiliate, adopted as a son or a daughter. Wow. Adopted as a son or a daughter. That's a very different view than the idea that your affiliation versus my affiliation, that, that it's actually what makes us different. Living gratefully is about understanding affiliation in a different way. Affiliation is about what draws us out in terms of what's, what's shared. Now notice what I said, what's shared. It's not always the same. Cello, violin, different instruments. The music is what's shared. How do we share that? And do we use it to contract our life experience, affiliation to contract our life experience, which we can do, or do we use affiliation to expand our life experience, which is also our decision, and which is also where I think we find that recentering, when we really are disciplined about that. In other words, we take it seriously. We, we act on it. So I want to read to you a beautiful story from the Bible. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and in picking this story, I, I need to say up front, like there's some church services, again, where you want to make like the big soaring point, 
There's, there's other ones where, you know, maybe we feature music for. This is sort of like meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and gravy. This is kind of like core, good, comfort food kind of stuff. Things that will get us focused. And, and you should leave today's service, my hope, is actually feeling just that sense of warmth. So let me read you the story of the Good Samaritan. Those of you who are following along at home, this is from Luke 10. So a young man asked Jesus, uh, an expert in law, what do I do to inherit eternal life? So that's his question. What do I do to e- e- inherit eternal life? And what Jesus does, Jesus decides to, to tell him a story. Now, now notice again, like even with the question, because I'm going to go back to it. Like it's interesting. <laughs> the question sort of is, when, when you pull it apart, there's a lot of assumptions in it. What do I do to inherit eternal life? Now, how do I be a life giver? What do I have to do to, to deserve this eternal life, to inherit it, to get it? This is what Jesus responds. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and we'll talk about this in a little more detail because there's a lot in there versus what we just might read on the surface. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, which was also of the priestly class, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, now Samaritans at this time, where they were sort of a, a distressed people, a people put on the margins. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense you may have. Which of the three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. So let's just pull this apart a little bit. Again, beautiful story, kind of meat and potatoes. If you're somebody who's brand new to the Christian message, this is one of those handful of stories that you can look at and go like, oh, this is the message. This is what it's really talking about. So let's take a look at a a couple of passages. The teacher asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now let's take a look at the next one. Sees this man, and then it goes on to this beautiful passage. A priest happened to be going down the same road, but when he saw the man, he passed by the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, now with those two, I want to, can we go back? Yeah, I just want to talk about that for a minute. Like this is, this is again, and those of you who've heard me preach on this, I saw in my notes, I preached on this about six years ago. So some of this you may be reminded, some of you may be hearing this for the first time. There's a lot of great wisdom in that because priests happened to be going down the road. The road was from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem was where the holy temple was. In other words, the Vatican. And he was traveling down to Jericho. So literally this priest was traveling from the Vatican, <laughs> from the center of religious life, of formal, of formal stylized religious life, formal religious life. And he's going south. You would think if anybody were to remember this, to take care of this guy, it would have been this priest. 
or it would have been this Levite. It reminds me of a very famous study that was done, and it was, it was done with a group of seminary students, and the, the pastor wanted to make a point. So what he did was he got in cahoots with another college professor, again, seminary students, students who are going through seminary want to become pastors, and, and he said, all right, you guys have 10 minutes to get from this class across campus to the next class. And then what they did is that they parked someone there who was, who was faking a heart attack or something like that, faking some kind of distress, just to see how many of them would actually divert their path, knowing they had 10 minutes to get to from point A to point B. Guess how many diverted their path? Zero. You know, and that's, and that's not like shaming that seminary or shaming those students or shaming anyone. It's just, it's human nature. You get busy. You don't want to be interrupted. Places to go. People to see. And someone was really able to see. A good Samaritan. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, it's interesting I think this, these two words here, he went to him. It's, all the other ones are going on the other side of the road, like moved away is, is the clear, clear wording of the, for the other guys. He went to him, bandaged his wound, pulling, pouring on oil and wine, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Now that, that is fascinating. Now, again, a, a little aside sermon. We're coming up on Christmas here. This is one of the few times in the Bible the word inn is mentioned. The other time it's mentioned is there was no space in the inn for Jesus here. Sort of the counter to that, saying like you make space. It's beautiful, beautiful lines here. So folks, what we see in that first example with the priest and the Levite, I would put out there, is an affiliation that contracts. We all have it, not to shame anybody about it. We all have it. That affiliation that contracts, like, this is who I am. These are my people. This is my tribe and only my tribe. This is my agenda. This is where I have to go. I don't have time to see anything outside of that affiliation. But then you have this good Samaritan. This good fill-in-the-blank. Like, wherever you are, whatever extreme you're on, you're like, oh yeah, but that's the group I don't like. Like, fill them in. This good fill-in-the-blank. Totally different view of affiliation. That's what Jesus is teaching us here. Samaritans were considered sort of outliers in Jewish culture. They were considered like, Far, far, far on the outside. They didn't even worship in Jerusalem. You literally, literally historically, if you were, if you were Jewish, you were not to even cross, ready for this, the shadow of a, of a Samaritan. So if there's a Samaritan there and his shadow was going out, you weren't even to let his shadow cross your path. Just think about that. And here's Jesus in very much a Jesus way going like, ah, we're getting affiliation all wrong. Getting affiliation all wrong. We have to understand an affiliation that expands our connectedness. 
that comes back to that Latin root of the word, adopted as a son or daughter. Because that's what he does. He adopts him, essentially. He takes care of him. He makes sure he has enough money that he will be fully healed. And he never comes back expecting thanks. He never comes back expecting thanks. He's just there to do it. To live gratefully. To share gifts. Now, when we come back after this video and our middle song, I want to start pulling into that a little more and, and looking a little more like, well, how, how exactly do we figure out to do that? Like, what does that exactly look like as we try to live as gratefully as we can? So what we're going to do now in the middle of the service, we're going to have a, a little video. It's a little fundraising video. Again, we got a lot of people who tune in uh, later on in the service. So this is talking to them a little bit about fundraising. We're going to have a beautiful song. And again, when I come back, I want to talk to you some more about well, what does this look like specifically? Good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Church Live. Things have changed over the last year, and a lot of us are still watching from home. It's easy when we're watching from home and sitting on our sofas to forget to donate. No buckets being passed when you're on your sofa. I know myself, I've been guilty of this. Please remember, your contributions are what make today possible and all the other services and programs that are provided by New Church Live. And it's easy. Simply text the word New Church Live, all one word, to 77977. Thanks so much, and we appreciate your support. Like of, of one song, and what, what could that be? And again, folks, like I, I want to urge us, like I should say, like so much. <laughs> I want to urge us to maybe allow in the idea that we can do that. We can choose that, and it takes, of course, a little work, but it's good work. We can choose that through, through service events. We can choose that through reaching out to family and friends. We can choose to build a center here at New Church Live, a deep center. You know, think about again, like a part of that might be a small group for you. I don't know. Think about showing up to coffee and donuts or online small group. You'll see their link right in the chat. Show up there after church. Have a conversation. Get yourself recenter. Or think about doing one of these Christmas small groups we have coming up. 
Think about what the decision is to really create that center again. Because I think we have to move beyond just a consumer mentality. How are we going to become part of that center? And that's a beautiful thing when, when, we can, when we can do that, because I feel like that's, that, that's just, it just sort of fills with gratitude. Like, I think we all know there's good stuff there. We all know there's good stuff. So let's get back to our story here. And, and I want to talk about this story. I mean, one of the interesting parts about being a pastor is you have stories like this that you, you really should do like every three or four years you should repeat because it's so rich and so important. And one of the fun parts of when you look back at a story like this is every time you look at it, there's a different thing that jumps out at you. Many of you have heard this quote before, the Indian idea that you can never step into the same river twice. And I think that's really true with the Bible, is you never step into the story the same way. Different things will jump out at you in different, in different ways. So what, I want, what really struck me personally this time through was, again, looking at this question. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I, I touched on that lightly a little bit, but it's, it's interesting, right? He's, he sees Jesus as a teacher, which is good. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Like, there's, there's, there's something there that's, and I don't mean this like to shame the guy, there's something there that's very human and very kind of, and I don't mean self-centered, I don't want to layer a lot of baggage on that. There's something about that that is a bit on the self-centered side of things. I'm reminded of a, of a podcast I was listening to with a wonderful spiritual teacher, Jim Finley, who was talking about Thomas Merton, one of the most famous Catholic authors of the 20th century, and he studied under Thomas Merton. And, and Thomas and him were looking at all these phases of spiritual growth. And, and uh, he came in one day to talk to the very famous Thomas Merton, and he said, he said, I think I know which one I am. And Thomas Merton got a little abrupt with him and said, where you are in terms of that journey is none of your business. <laughs> You know, in other words, like he had, he had been using this spiritual tool to become sort of like self-diagnosing himself all the time. It just was a way to just hold a mirror up and walk around with a mirror, like looking at himself. And, and, and Jesus is far more interested. We put down the mirror and pick up a window. Jesus is far more interested that we put down the mirror and pick up the window. So, I mean, we're not always looking at ourselves, but where we're really learning to look out there into the world. So it's interesting, right? So, so that question, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So you would think, obviously, the next answer would be, to inherit eternal life, you must, blah, blah, blah. But that's not it. So Jesus goes on, and then he comes to the end, and he doesn't even answer the question. Is that good spirituality or what? What he does is he says, here's this story with a good Samaritan, Here's this priest and this Levite, the Samaritan, the priest, and the Levite, and he's saying, which of these three was the neighbor? Who was the neighbor? Now, that's a big question, because Jesus taught clearly that there are two primary commandments. Love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor as yourself. So this is a clear tie back into that idea 
of neighbor. And it's trying to, I think, get us away from the idea of asking the question around how do I feel good? How do I earn sort of a spiritual life? Like, what do I do so that I can finally feel okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with feeling okay. Like, if religion is all about feeling miserable, I'm not signing up. It's not it. But if it just becomes, like, totally about, like, I got to feel better, I got to feel better, it'll make you feel better until it doesn't, and then you're on to the next thing. But you'll never have growth to that. I mean, all of you know that. All of you in here have been are part of, right now, relationships that you just cherish. And they've had some pretty cruddy days. And somehow you managed your way through that. Like, there's, that's that work piece. Where it was all about just how you and how you felt, and you were just walking around with a mirror, you would have missed it, and you probably wouldn't even be in that relationship anymore. So it's a very different thing. He's, I think Jesus is trying to get us away from this idea of eternal life as being something we earn into life. Listen carefully. This is really important. Into life as something we do. Now, I'm not talking life with a little l. I'm talking life, as the ancient Greeks would say, it, Zoe, Z-O-E. Zoe, this, this deep, rich, overwhelmingly abundant spiritual life. Like, that's what we do. It's very universal, and it's very focused on the people right in front of us. Love the Lord your God and the person right in front of you. Just that simple. And it's this attempt here to to shift our thinking. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a beautiful sermon on this. Beautiful sermon on the Good Samaritan. And this was his line. I imagine the first question the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? And again, you can see that reflected, like in the guy, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But by the very nature of his concern, the good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, What will happen to him? What will happen to him? That is the question of affiliation. That's the very core of living life gratefully, which may sound odd, It may sound like it doesn't quite make sense because so much of Thanksgiving is about counting our blessings. And that is is a beautiful part. But as Reverend Barry Haldeman shared all those years ago, repeated every Thanksgiving season, you know, this is about Thanksgiving, not Thanksgetting. And living gratefully has to have that idea that that a river runs through it, that there's something that flows through us. That affiliation that's incredibly strong and incredibly precious. And if we get totally consumed with what's going to happen to me, we even miss the question. 
yeah, but if I don't do something, what will happen to them? Jesus doesn't model a lot of concerns for himself about what will happen to me. He's clear. He knows kind of how the journey goes. But he yearns for us to always ask that question. Yeah, but what will happen to them? What will happen to them? Emmanuel Swedenborg phrased it this way. What makes heaven? Angelic life is about Service and acts of kindness. Nothing makes angels happier. In other words, in happier, you could say living with gratitude there. In doing these things, they, and I would transpose we there, become images of God. Like, we are folks, like, this is, this is very, this is very deliberate. All right, for the camera guys, I'm going to run back to the screen here. This word here is very deliberate. There's no accident with that word. That word image, like we are made in God's image and likeness. That goes back to Genesis, one of the most significant teachings, I think, in in all of religious thought. The Judeo-Christian heritage is based on the idea that everyone is made in the image and likeness of God. And if we want to live into that image, we want to live into that image, it's about service and acts of kindness where we find our happiness, loving others more than ourselves, what's going to happen to them? Pulling down the question, what's going to happen to me? That, I think, is that that core of affiliation. Again, an affiliation that, that this idea, again, like this makes heaven. Like this makes heaven. And then this idea that then that starts to look like this orchestra. Of us all somehow playing together, like literally playing and literally playing. Like us playing together. Living gratefully. In some days, in a very special way, it might look like this. That's Marcus's family. We did a little blessing on their house and their beautiful family yesterday. Beautiful family. Beautiful family. See, folks, that's what we're to think of. That's how we're to live. That's how we're to continue again and again to search for that center. Doing the work that it takes us to do that. Like, that's, that's what living gratefully is all about. So, I'm going to close, actually, in a different way than we've, we've closed before. Which is, i got a million thoughts about what all this means. But I want to hear what it means to you. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have this question. This Thanksgiving, let me remember... And I want you to answer in the chat, or please send me a text at 215-740-3662. What do you feel like? We've done this Living Gratefully series. Like, like what do you want to remember? What do you want to remember this Thanksgiving season? Again, All right, folks. So to close this here, talking about those things that, that we're to remember, I'm going to totally like put someone on the spot here. I just got a text message and it's a great one. I want you guys to like hear what this person had to say, but we're going to call them. 
All right, Kane, I'm making you a phone call right now. Poor Kane. Your call has been forwarded oh. to an Dag bone it. See if see, we'll just try we'll just try one more quick time. See if he see if he does it here. If he picks up. Kane? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> so, so I'm totally putting you on the spot. I loved what you texted in. So, so you shifted the question a little bit, and you want to like explain how how you shifted it? Yes. So go ahead. The question for me is, what will happen to us? Mm. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. Folks, you see how like beautiful that question is. I love that idea. What will happen to us if we don't start acting like the Good Samaritan? What will happen to us? There's so many other ways we can live, and I think that that gets right to it. And I want to share, you know, just with you folks, uh, you know, just some of the different things that the people said that they want to that they want to remember. And I, I, there are way too many here to ever possibly answer. Just getting tons of them. This is from Jesse out in Arizona. This Thanksgiving, I want to remember to look outward and put others first. I want to remember everything I am blessed with. Let me remember, I believe that God protects me from nothing but sustains me in everything. A beautiful quote from Father Gregory Boyle. This Thanksgiving, I would like to remember that just because someone voted differently than me does not make them a bad person. But I have struggled with it, and I'm trying to believe it wholeheartedly. It's not about me, and please tell Cain he's a smart guy. (laughs) That each and every one of us is made in the image and likeness of God. It's our individual choice if we live into it. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that choice. To listen to the experiences of my loved ones with deep compassion. Let me remember to make an extra effort to stay connected to people I care about, even though we can't be together. To ask the question, what is the other's experience rather than what is mine? Thanksgiving, with all caps and giving. That's beautiful, Dave. Let me remember that it is God's will that will be done. All I am and we are is because of the will of God. That's beautifully said. This Thanksgiving, let me remember all the people around me that are now my family. I'm supported and loved, and for that I will be forever grateful. That we all need each other. To listen, to really, really listen. And there are many other ones I don't, won't have time to get to. But folks, those, those are beautiful. And allow those memories, my last word here, those memories, this Thanksgiving to be the lived experience of thanksgiving. To be the lived experience of thanksgiving. Remembering in times of night, the stars that we can navigate by are ever brighter. And the last word, happy thanksgiving.
Thanks for all that all of you bring to this congregation, obviously, and more importantly, to all you bring to the world. Amen. Beautiful stuff, folks. So what we're going to shift to now is we're going to shift to a prayer, the Our Father prayer, and just a minute of like quiet reflection and then a closing song. And again, I warmly invite you, if there's something that struck you during this service and you want to continue on the conversation, our Coffee and Donuts group, which is actually centered out in Michigan, more than welcome to join them online right after the service. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for these amazing people. Lord, again, help us to shift the questions. Again, what will happen to me to what will happen to them. And Lord, maybe even a little bit, maybe a little bit, can we get to the point of asking what will happen to us? What will happen to us? And Lord, allow that question, yes, of course, to give us warning. Allow that question again to give us discipline. And Lord, in some paradoxical way, allow that question to give us hope. As we answer that question, what will happen to us? What will happen to us if we love more? What will happen to us if we care more? What will happen to us if we learn to be kinder, gentler, more generous, having found our center in you yet again? Bless this congregation. Bless their ways, Lord. Bless them this Thanksgiving season. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.